Welcome to the Sober Plug Podcast, where I got you disconnected from addiction and plugged into recovery. I'm your host, Connor Duffy. If you are struggling with addiction, you can reach out to my direct line. That is 203-917-8862. Again, 203-917-8862. If you could share this podcast with somebody that you know is struggling with addiction or uh, with a family member, somebody that knows another person that's struggling with addiction... I'd greatly appreciate it. I do not run ads or anything like that. So it would mean the world to me if you could share this with somebody that you know could use it. Um, what I want to talk to you about today is what does it take to get sober, right? What does it take? And why are some people able to get sober um, early on and others are not? Or why are some people able to get sober and others can't, period, you know? Um, why are some people incapable of getting sober and what does it take? So I'm going to go back to what it took for me. And the long and the short of it is, is essentially you, you need to go through a lot of pain, you know, and everybody's pain threshold is different. This is why there is not a clear cut answer for what it takes because everybody has a different experience. Everybody has a different perspective. Um, getting high or drinking is the level of severity um, is different for everybody, you know? Um, But the whole thing is, is that we all have to get to a place where pain is quite obvious and becomes a motivator to make a difference. Because if things are going swimmingly and everything is going swell, then why would we try to get sober to begin with, you know? If things didn't get bad, what would be the whole point of getting sober, right? The reason why we gravitate towards using or drinking is because it is solving some type of problem for us, Um, whether it be anxiety, whether it be trauma, whether it be, um, you know, whatever the case may be, um, not happy with self, low self-esteem, it's solving some type of issue. So if you, let me ask you this, if you find some type of solution in your life where you find something that is working, and it's giving you the answer to a certain problem. If it's not causing pain in your life, why would you stop using that coping mechanism? Or why would you stop going to that solution? You wouldn't. Of course you wouldn't. You know what I mean? It's giving you some type of relief. It's solving some type of issue, some type of pain point in your life. So you're going to continue to go back to that solution over and over and over again until you've been proven otherwise. Now, this is the part where it gets tricky because the proven otherwise part of addiction for us is the consequences. It is the pain. And we are battling the reality of our consequences as our addiction progresses, as our tolerance grows, as we become more desperate, all of these different things that, that you know, cause our addiction to progress and to get worse. We're battling the reality of that and the thought process, the mentality of it being a solution still. You know, you have to remember when we first start using or drinking, maybe not for everybody, but for a lot of us, in the beginning, it becomes uh, so obvious that this was this is some type of, this is fun, or this is filling some type of void. Um, we might not consciously come to that conclusion, but internally we feel it. It's almost like, I'll never forget, the first time I got high, it felt like I found something I didn't even know I was looking for. You know what I mean? I didn't know that 
um, that it was going to solve some type of pain point or I didn't even really know what to expect. I just knew what I felt when I felt it. You know what I mean? And I was attracted to that feeling and I was going to continue to chase that until I was proven otherwise. Now, the issue is, is we, I did do that. I, I chased the shit out of it and I got high and I drank and I did everything under the sun for 11 years from the ages of nine years old to 20, where, uh, by the time I was 20, I was basically on the verge of homelessness with a needle in my arm, you know? So things clearly did not go from, uh, smoking weed at nine years old to having a needle in my arm overnight. You know, these things, built over time and the consequences compounded as I became more desperate. Um, you know, the hardest thing about getting sober is that we need to break these belief systems that have been wired into our brain for a long time. You know what I mean? And so from the ages of, like I said, nine years old to um, 15, let's call it, I didn't have any real consequences. You know what I mean? Uh, sure. I did get expelled when I was 12. I did get expelled in the, you know, sixth grade and sure. I got in trouble here and there, you know what I mean? But I didn't have any real consequences. I would say the second time I got expelled, I was 15 years old. Um, you know, I started to see things unfold where I became aware that this was clearly an issue, you know what I mean? And I remember even before I got high, I knew that I was going to love it. I did. I, I watched my uh, one of my older brothers who I really looked up to. I watched him party and had a good time, and it was so attractive to me. I, like, I could not wait to be able to do that, you know? I couldn't wait to be able to party, to be able to hang out with girls, to be able to, you know, have a good time with my friends. It was so attractive to me before I ever picked it up. And I remember thinking to myself that this is probably going to be something that I love. Uh, I can't wait to be able to do it. And so, um, uh, but to my point, what I was getting at is, is for that, you know, nine years old to 15, definitely by 16, I started seeing problems. That is six years of wiring of the brain where clearly, you know, I was on a mission to getting high every day because it solved whatever ailed me inside. You know what I mean? Um, whether it was a conscious or a subconscious level, I really enjoyed getting high and it was really what I lived for. And it was what I chased every single day. So that period of time, that six years is a crucial, crucial part of our development as a human being. I mean, nine years old to 15. And, um, you know, even you may be listening to this now and you say, well, I didn't start using at nine. I didn't even start drinking or I didn't even start really using until I was like 18. But even so, if, if it solves some type of pain point for you, and let's say you had um, a year uh, a year or two or five or even whatever, six months of heavy using where it solved a real problem for you, that is hard to break away from. The habit has already been formed. The structure in your mind has already been solidified of like, hey, this is a clear solution for me. So if it's a solution for me, why am I going to give it up? The, I'll, I'll tell you, the only way you're going to give it up 
is if you see clear, clear problems with it. So fucking clear that it forces you to take a look at if this is something that is uh, tangible, something that is, uh, uh, maybe tangible isn't the right word, um, something that has longevity to it. If this is a long-term solution for you, if it's sustainable for you. And when we are struggling or when we are in the, um, the middle of the cycle of addiction, that becomes very, very hard to get honest uh, with ourselves. You know what I mean? That, that really becomes an issue of the denial is strong. The manipulation is strong. The justification is strong. Addiction is the problem of the mind, right? So if I'm a master manipulator, and I will do anything I can to deny my addiction or defend my addiction because I know that it's working for me, then my mind is a part of the problem. So the only way to combat that is for reality to basically punch you in the face and prove to you that there is clearly something wrong with the tactics that you are using to get through this life. And a lot of times we don't even realize how bad it is until we try stopping. That's where I got to. By the time I was, you know, 17, eight, I, I should really say 18. At 17, I didn't really give it a fair shot at all. I mean, even at 18, I didn't really. But, but 18, I tried for the first time to, to kind of put it down. And I realized that this was a real fucking problem. You know what I mean? That uh, this was not something that I could just walk away from that it was way deeper than that. You know what I mean? And once I came to that realization and I, and I started to uh, obviously go through withdrawals and, and all of those things, and then it just became uh, a game of not being sick. Once I realized that all of these things were in play, the choice was, it was no longer a choice for me. You know what I mean? Um, you know, by the time I was 18, I had all these consequences anyway, and I still was not able to look at things from a realistic viewpoint, I didn't want to. I knew I was a fucking addict. You know what I mean? It was no secret. It was far from a secret. Everybody knew. My my mom knew. My family knew. My friends knew. I was the worst out of my friend group by far. You know what I mean? Um, the school knew. Uh, everybody knew. It was the worst kept secret in the world. Your mom knew as well. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, and I just didn't care because I was willing to defend this coping mechanism to the death, literally. I was willing to die on that sword because I didn't see a life where I could get through in a content way, in a peaceful way without it. That was my peace. You know what I'm saying? Until it wasn't. Until it caused so much pain. Until I, you know, started to go down the slippery slope of addiction that I could not ignore these consequences anymore, you know? And for me, what that looked like was really all angles, man. You know, I, I needed to hit rock bottom. I was your rock bottom addict where I was on the verge of homelessness and uh, I had fucking lost everything. Mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually bankrupt. Absolute darkness. There was like a hole inside of me that... Uh, I just did not know how to, how I was going to live with it. I felt like I couldn't live with it. I couldn't live with the drugs and I couldn't live without it. That was the point where I was at. And it was a really, really dark, desperate time for me, you know, and I needed to feel that pain. 
I needed to get to that place where I was given the gift of desperation, where I was desperate for something different because I didn't really think that I could get sober. I really did not. There was not a piece of me, there was not any part of me that thought I'd be able to get sober, but I also knew that I couldn't continue living the way that I was. If you were to tell me that this bag of dope was going to take me out and I wasn't going to wake up the next morning, I would have welcomed that shit. That would have been fine with me. You know what I'm saying? I just, I just didn't have the courage to, uh, to, to, you know, commit suicide or anything like that. But uh, fuck, man, I would have welcomed not waking up the next morning. You know what I'm saying? Because all I knew is the way that I was living, the, my physical presence, my physical being on this earth was suffering. But what I didn't realize was I was choosing the suffering. And what I also didn't realize is that we all suffer in life. I was just picking the wrong suffering. We can't avoid suffering. We can't avoid struggle. We just get to pick our struggle. You could either put the work in and struggle towards something that's worthwhile, a life that you truly want, a life that is truly fruitful, as long as you bust your ass and you do what you need to do and you stay true to yourself. That struggle is worth it. Or you could perpetual pleasure chase and the suffering and the struggle comes later. You receive the the reward in the beginning, but the suffering and the struggle comes later because anything, any type of dopamine that comes easily accessible, there's an asterisk next to it. Anything that's purchased, anything that is easily accessible uh, dopamine-wise comes with suffering afterwards because we can't truly be fulfilled with joy or contentment if we don't have to work for our source of dopamine. You know what I mean? Um, that's why when we put the work in and we put the struggle into something that we actually want, we appreciate it. We value it because we worked for it. We earned that shit. But on the flip side, when we don't have to work for something and we're given the reward anyway, it just leads to more chasing. It just leads to that feeling of, of desperate need of that feeling all the time. And that becomes our main focus. That's what drugs and alcohol is. You know, that's all it is. Now, we all need to get to a place where we're in a lot of pain, some type of pain. Does this mean that you need to hit rock bottom, that you need to be on the verge of homelessness? Does this mean that you needed to start getting high at nine years old and by the time you were 20, you had two DUIs, a robbery charge, um, possession charges, and uh, you were on the verge of homelessness with a fucking needle in your arm shooting heroin? Uh, no, that does not mean that that needs to be you. What does need to happen is you need to get to a place where you realize that living this way is not worth it anymore. You don't even have to feel like you can get sober. You don't even have to be excited to get sober. You know, matter of fact, I mean, 99% of us are not. We are not excited. We don't come flying into sobriety on the wings of glory. Let's just call it what it is. But it's only because we don't know what we don't know. We aren't really sure that a good life awaits us, and that's okay. You know, that's why we have to put one foot in front of the other. We have to get around positive support, people who have been there, and, and people in recovery who have walked the walk, you know. Um, you just need to get to a place where you're like, I cannot live this way anymore. This is, this is causing me too much pain. The pain is not worth the squeeze. You know what I'm saying? The, the, the juice isn't worth the squeeze. This isn't working out for me. What gave me pleasure early on, earlier in my life, 
is now just causing me more consequences internally, externally, legally, financially, spiritually, all of these things, you know? It needs to get to the point where you're not willing to kick the can down the road anymore and that you are willing to get humble and that you are willing to accept your problem for what it truly is and that I cannot get high or drink safely. This is something I cannot do anymore. It is not sustainable. I'm not fucking 15 anymore. I'm not in the field at a party in high school where we're having a jolly good time around the fire and talking about all the shit we're going to do with our lives. You know? This is not the scenario anymore. The scenario now is that it's causing pain. It's causing suffering. Every time. Or if not every time, close to it. Where the gap between relief is getting shorter and shorter. And the, and the gap of desperation is becoming wider and wider. Whereas in the beginning, it was the total opposite. There was no desperation. It was all fun. There were no consequences. There was no pain. It was all good. But it, towards the end, it does not become that anymore. And it also depends on your pain threshold. How much are you actually willing to tolerate? How much are you willing to defend your addiction and hold on to this idea that it's still going to work, that it's actually going to be a solution for you? Are you willing to die on that sword? And if you are, you just might. You might not be able to get sober if you're willing to die on that sword and you're not really willing to take a look at things for how they truly are. Because sobriety takes being fucking honest. That's what it takes. It takes being honest with yourself. So ask yourself, am I willing to be honest? Am I willing to look at my addiction for what it truly is? Or am I willing to surpass the consequences and, and look past the, the clear negative uh, negativity in my life and, the, and all the, um, you know, the failed attempts at keeping this thing together? Am I willing to look past all of that so I can continue using? If you're not willing to do that and you want to give sobriety a chance, then guess what? You have what it takes because it doesn't take skill. It doesn't take talent. It just takes willingness. It just takes acceptance. And it just takes getting a little bit of guidance. You know, If you have an open mind, willingness, and you accept the problem, you're well on your way. But if you're going to continue to try to hold on to old ideas and do the same shit over and over and over again and expect a different result, you're in big trouble. That's called insanity. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. I was insane for a long time. And I knew it. And I accepted it. And it was okay to me. Until the pain got bad enough where I was like, I've had enough of this shit, man. I've, I was 20 years old and I felt like I was, I felt like I was 70. You know what I mean? I felt like my life was fucking over. I didn't know if prison was in my future. Uh, shit. I mean, I was 20. I didn't know if 21 was in my future. If you were to have asked me when I was 18 years old, if I was going to see 25, I, I probably would have told you no. Actually, I definitely would have told you no. That would have been a miracle. The fact that I'm 31 today, actually, at the time of this recording, it's uh, September 18th, I turned 31 today. Um, the fact that I'm 31 today, is it's icing on the cake. 
It really is. Every day is a gift. And sometimes I really need to remind myself of that. I try to keep that in the front of my mind that, hey, I've already won. You know what I'm saying? The rest is just the the rest is just gravy. You know what I'm saying? It's a win all around. And so if you have that same story and you shouldn't be here anymore, what do you have to lose? Go for it. Go for the things that you want. You know what I mean? What type of projects do you want to build? Like, what, what do you want your legacy to be? How do you want your life to actually look in six months, a year, five years, ten years? And you might not have the answer to that right now, and that's okay. But it's something you should really think about. Because sobriety, at first I didn't think was possible, period. And now what sobriety means to me is creating the best life I could possibly live. And you know, leaving some type of legacy and and leading other people towards a better life, which was fucking unfathomable to me 10 years ago. That didn't even make sense. I couldn't lead my own life. How the hell was I going to lead anybody else to a better life? This is what recovery is about. It's about getting our shit together, you know? And it's about doing what we need to do, not just for ourselves, but for other people. In some capacity... That's what I believe. I think it's about really leaving everything on the line and, and uh, you know, living your life to, to your best potential. And it's not some like Disneyland fairy tale, la-di-dee, la-di-da type of shit. You know what I mean? I, I'm being realistic. I'm being real about stuff. You know, I'm not just like selling you on a dream to, to get sober and live this fairy tale. It's hard. There's going to be days that are going to be a struggle. There's going to be suffering, necessary suffering. Because we have to put the work in. You know what I mean? There's going to be sacrifices that need to be made if you really want to have a fruitful life, if you want to be financially free, if you want to have impact, if you want to do things that other people are not willing to do. You're going to have to do shit that normal people, normal society is not willing to do. But how do you want your life to play out? Don't ever take advice from someone who doesn't have what you want. That's always a filter that I have. If people are telling me something and you know, not that I'm closed-minded, because I'm certainly not. Trust me, I, I am a sponge. If, if someone is further along than me or has something that I don't have, I will fucking listen. But if you don't have what I want, and you're trying to give me advice in an area that I don't respect what you have in that area, I'm not going to listen, and neither should you. It would be like if I had 10 days clean and I was trying to tell you how to get sober. Who the, hell, who the hell am I to be telling you how to get sober if I haven't done it before? But if I have 10 years and I've been through some, some shit, you know, and, I, and I've seen, you know, I, I've seen a couple things here and there that can help you, maybe, maybe I'm a person that can give you a little advice, you know? And even then, you, you, gotta, you gotta want what the individual has. But the point I'm getting at here is if people are trying to tell you how to live, make sure that they have what you want. Or that, they, or that they have been where you are. You know, both are important. So that's all I have for you today. Um, you know, I love you guys. And, and uh, you know, I appreciate you tuning in and listening to, to this podcast, whether it's weekly or you're tuning in every once in a while. It's, it means a lot. You know what I mean? And a lot of really, really awesome things are coming. And, um I'm excited and you know I do this I do this for you and I do this for um people that that need somebody there that they can relate to because I needed that 
you know what I mean? And life can be really good. <laughs> it can. Life can be really, really awesome when we get our shit straight, when we get our priorities in order. You know what I mean? And uh, one person can make a difference. It, it, they really can. And, um, and that's why if you're listening, the actions that you take are more important than you realize. And the actions that you don't take are also more important than you realize. Because there was a time where I didn't think that my life was significant. And I didn't think that I could make a difference. And I didn't really see the point of getting sober. Or when I was sober, I didn't really, you know, I was just going through the motions. And, and I didn't think, I didn't really think that recovery was going to be fruitful. And that's a painful place to be too. And I'm telling you that it is. And it can be. But it takes work as it's supposed to be, as it should be. The reflection, your life is just a reflection of the, of the attitudes, behaviors, choices, and perspective over the last year, two years, five years, and plus. That's something to think about. Our reality is really just a reflection of, of how we've been acting and behaving for the last multiple years. And so... That leads me into take action today. That's why today is important. Today is always important. Today is all we have, you know? And if we want a better future, which is never guaranteed, to be fair, right? The future is just an idea. It's not something that's real in the moment. But with that said, if we want to get somewhere and we want to have a fruitful life and we at least want to be working towards something to hopefully have someday and enjoy the process of it, we have to start today. It's urgent that we start today. Fuck tomorrow. Don't start tomorrow. Start today. Whatever it is that your conscious is telling you to do, I promise it will be worth it. You just have to be tenacious. You have to be consistent. And you have to be driven and have a vision. And the rest will take care of itself. I'm telling you, the universe will do shit for you that will make your head spin. It's just it's just unbelievable. I, I've just, I just know it to be true. I've seen it work in my life so many times now and it's working in my life right now it's just it's it's just unbelievable you know um if there's things that your conscious is telling you to do god the universe whatever you want to call it if there's that inner voice inside of you that's telling you to do something you better do it you know what i mean otherwise suffering is a guarantee so I'm going to end on that. If you could share this with, with someone that you know is struggling or a family member, anybody who's been impacted by addiction or alcoholism, I greatly appreciate it. And um, if you need help with addiction yourself, you can reach out to my direct line. That is 203-917-8862. Again, that is 203-917-8862. Much love. I will see you on the next one.